Can the all-time GOAT get it done against the future GOAT? Brady and Mahomes going head-to-head, and everyone's talking about who's going to win the big game. Whether you're on the Chiefs or the Bucks or the Totals or the Props, just remember, where you're betting is every bit as important, if not more so. That's why I always tell my friends, go to my bookie. MyBookie.com, MyBookie.ag. It all takes you to the same place. Look up MyBookie. They've got all the props for the big game, and these guys truly let you bet on anything. Not just the national anthem, MVP, color of the sports drink dumped on the winning coach. MyBookie has a buffet of Chiefs Bucks props for you to gorge on. You can even win big on NFL Squares, which is now quite popular. No need to leave the comfort of your home. You can access the sportsbook and casino right from your phone. Don't miss out on the last game of the year in football. Sign up at MyBookie today. Use promo code ZABE, that's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus just for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and get paid with my bookie. Today on the Zabecast, the first salvo in the great QB swap of 2021 has been fired. The Rams sent a boatload of picks to Detroit for Matt Stafford. Andy Poland joins me, and we're not on Radio Row to kick off Super Bowl week, and I think we're both kind of happy about it. All that plus Jay Gruden clowns Dan Snyder, Messi gets paid, and what the hell is Detroit-style pizza? Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. (laughs) Here we go. Monday, February 1st, 2021. Thank you for downloading. I hope you survived your first football-less weekend. Since early September, I hope you indulged in some other sports fair or whatever you wanted to watch this weekend. I actually watched a tiny bit of drone racing, and I was kind of excited for it because I thought, ooh, I bet you they've got the in-goggle viewpoint of the guys flying around. Turns out, no, no, they just had a computer simulation of the drones with these colored tails flying in and around and up and down an empty soccer stadium somewhere. I'm like, boo. I watched some basketball this weekend. I watched the Farmers this weekend. Oh, I got thoughts on Patrick Reed. But I don't think we'll get into him too deep with Andy Poland because Andy's not a golfer, so he doesn't fully understand. You have to have played golf for at least a $2 Nassau wager to know the type of ass wipe that is Patrick Reed because you've met him at your club or you've played against him in a local tournament and you're like okay keep an eye on this guy because he is very fishy when it comes to the rules and the real story about Patrick Reed is this this is now incident number three on tour and it includes him being kicked off the golf team at Augusta State. So at Augusta State, he got kicked off his first college landing place. He got kicked off the team because people hated him there. He has the most punchable face and the most punchable, doughy, douchebag smile. And he is a cheater, but we'll talk more about it later in the week. Reputation. You know, reputations are the only thing that made business happen 
back in the day, way back in the day. You know, before everything, it's like, well, I got to deal with Ernest. Couple of fence posts down. He said he'd do this for me, and I agreed to pay him in terms of a couple of cattle. We got a deal. We shook on it. Your reputation was all you had. In golf, it's the same thing. Your reputation must be guarded at all times. And if Patrick Reed was smart and not a cheater, he would have made sure to protect his reputation well ahead of that drop he took, which was illegal, in my opinion, and cheating. He won, by the way. So I guess he's not going to turn the money back in. Hope the money was worth it, Patrick. All right, before we get to uh, Andy, best story available. Dating app Bumble is now putting the kibosh on body shaming. That's right. Bumble, the female-driven dating app, declared last week that they will begin throwing out members caught using language that can be deemed fatphobic, ableist, racist, colorist, homophobic, or transphobic. Oh, wow. By the way, what is colorist? Wouldn't that be under racist? The new restrictions will apply to users' direct messages as well as those with profiles that openly discriminate against different body types. As in, nobody with a BMI over 20. Nobody who can't sit in an average canoe and not tip it. Said Bumble, quote, body shaming is not acceptable on or off of the Bumble app. For those who may not know, body shaming means forcing your opinion of a, quote, good body onto others. So an algorithm has been set up to flag words and phrases associated with body shaming. Then assessed by a live moderator, according to The Guardian. Warnings will be then sent to users at their first offense along with sensitivity training materials before being banned entirely from the app. (laughs) Sensitivity training. See what I say when we're all slaves to the algorithm? An algorithm is now going to be snooping on your Bumble exchanges, both public ones and what you thought were private exchanges. So, uh, wouldn't mind going out. Could I just see, though, a Send me a picture of your midsection. Just pull your shirt up. Let me see what that is there. Because if it looks like a birthday cake that's been smashed inside a Ziploc bag, no, I don't want that. So I don't need a dick pic. I just need that. The Austin, Texas-based company wants to foster a kinder, more respectful, and more equal space on the Internet, said Naomi Walkland who runs Bumble's overseas marketing division. The key to this has always been our zero-tolerance policy for racist and hate-driven speech, as well as abusive behavior and harassment. You know who can speak to this? Our friend Carol Maloney. When we get her in the van this week for our our midweek power lunch with Carol, she can tell us about some of her experiences on Bumble because she told me off the air. She's like, oh, I'm on Bumble. And I was like, ooh, could be juicy. Would you talk about it? And she's like... Yeah, why not? Championship attitude. Love it. All right, time now for my man, Andy Pollan. We've got a lot to talk about. (laughs) 
Com. Hello, Andy Pollan. How are you doing How are on you? this glorious, snowy Sunday night? Did you run out and panic and buy up all the <laughs> loaves of bread? No, it looks like they oversold it again. It, it kind of does look that way. Yeah, they'll be doing the backpedal. They'll be doing the meteorologist's shuffle when it's all said and done. Yeah. Is well, it, I is mean, it, what, what they do is is they, they, they give you a forecast that they had once everything was settled, and they use that as a promo. Like, we told you it wasn't going to be a big deal. Yeah, but two days before, you said it was going to be six feet. In fairness, it is hard, isn't it? Even with all the King's models and all the King's temperature readings and everything else it's still you just don't know it's the weather yeah yeah it is it, yeah babe, th- that but you know this is if you want to get somebody going on this give your friend steve buckhans a call oh, he'll yeah. give you a 20 minute sermon on how these people are paid and they're wrong all the time and they yeah. eat into his sports cast time i mean boy <laughs> you hey, talk about a vendetta guess what there's no sports cast time left in local news so That's true. his old complaints of I used to have a five minute cast that was airtight and they cut it to three and a half minutes and I'm pissed. Guess what? Now there's no job. <laughs> yeah. And well, there's no, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's By true. the way, can we, before we get going, pour one out for our friend and colleague, Al Galdi, who was let go by my former station team 980 last week. I mean, my God, what a, what a blow for the listeners. What a blow for the station. What a blow for the industry that a guy that is as hardworking, as talented, and as well-prepared as he is, and I don't think was paid a million dollars, Andy. I hope he wasn't. Would be let go. <laughs> this, is, this is bad. It, well, it, it, it's particularly bad in that if you're going to have a station that's going to be cut to the bone, the first person you want is Al Galdi because yeah. he could do everything, and he's willing to do anything. And, you know, I was thinking about this today that here's a guy who poured his heart and soul into this place for 22 years, probably didn't make a ton of money, uh, didn't look for a lot of credit, was a total team player. And then one day you're told, that's it, uh, get out. Whereas, you know, if you're going to have a radio station, that's the kind of person that you want. If you're, you know, if you're fat and happy. Maybe you don't need an Al Galdi, but if you're lean and mean, that's the kind of guy you want. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's not good. It doesn't bode well for the future of that signal and that station because you got to have at least an operable product that you're putting out there. And the company, the parent company, Entercom, talked a good game when they bought the station, saying, "Oh, we think we can run both, and you know, it's not it's not totally unprecedented to own two sports radio stations." They felt like we've got an ice cream stand. And we got a hamburger shop, and we can run on both yeah. and make money on both. But you don't have much of a product anymore at the ice cream stand. I know. Well, they, look, I've heard that song and dance before. They, the new owners always come in. They always talk big. And their position is it's kind of like a new football coach. Well, the reason I'm here is because the old guy stunk, and he did things wrong. But I'm going to do things right. And then, you know, two years later, a year later, he's out the door. Yeah. All right, Super Bowl Fifty Five. Godspeed, Al Galdi. Al Galdi will do great things in his career going yeah. forward, but it's you know it's going to no be question. a transition period. All right, Super Bowl Fifty Five week is upon us. Once upon a time, Andy, I would be flown in today on a Sunday, prior mm-hmm. to the Monday opening day of Radio Row week. This year, there's going to be virtually no Radio Row. 
due to the pandemic, you're not going, I'm not going. I ask you this simple question. Are you happy you're not going? Well, I haven't been in a number of years. Uh, there was a period of time where I, it seemed like every week, uh, last week of January, I'm I'm sick to death of looking at a blue curtain every day. Oh, yes. But, <laughs> but, but it's it's been a while since that. I, I would like to go to one. I don't know if I ever will again, but. Uh, you know, I, I, it was a, it was a nice convention. You got to see people that you knew you worked it was with a, in the past. It was a boondoggle. It was an unofficial yeah. industry convention, which had no lectures, no symposiums, no way to really improve your craft or to share ideas about how to do sports radio better. It was more like just a jealous high school class cafeteria <laughs> where you're looking over at that table. Oh, look who's over at their table. I yeah. Very cool. And so it was and it was very expensive, man. I remember seeing the budgets for various networks and radio stations to send a big crew of guys down there, the cabs, the per diems, the hotels that were gouged oh, through yeah. the roof. Yeah. Well, I, I, they must have made money on it because they kept doing it. You know, it wasn't like we were begging to go every year and they kept sending us. So that worked out. But the uh, you know, I was at the original radio row, which was two stations. WFAN and WNBC, and we were in the uh, media hotel, and that's all there was. And then as time went on, they started to put it in like either the ground floor of the media hotel. Eventually, it would move to a convention center, and then it became a feeding frenzy for a while in that, you know, somebody famous would walk in the room. Yeah. And and you, uh, like a team of piranhas from producers from all the radio stations would go and try and drag them over to the table. And then it became an industry where everybody became attached to a product. So they had and each of them had a, a, a handler. And so what you do is you'd make deals and, you know, they have they have like some guy who is like a one legged tap dancer. If you put him <laughs> on on Monday, you know, you can, you can have Joe Montana on Thursday, you know, and that's how it worked. Do you think it ever gets stood up back to the way it was? Eh, Radio Row? I don't know. Eh, I, you know, stations budgets are lower. I don't know if, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's some stations that will still send people. Do you, do you think it'll and, get to the point where the NFL pays to reimburse stations to come? I don't know how much it does. Does it, does it do that for them anymore? I, don't I mean, know. does what's, what's the benefit to the league? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the game is going to reach uh, 80 million households or whatever the number is. So it's, yeah. it's not like the people are going to miss out on the game. They're going to watch it at home. So I guess yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm just, it, I just think about it from a industry's perspective, and I just wonder. I wonder where it's going. I never yeah. would have yeah. thought it would have gotten to this low ebb, pandemic or no pandemic. Even if there wasn't a pandemic, Radio Row had been on decline for a number of reasons. So right, right. things yeah. come and go. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the Stafford trade. What is your biggest takeaway of this trade? What is the number one thing that you would talk about when it comes to the real story of Matt Stafford going to the Rams for Jared Goff and two ones and a two? Yeah, well, I think Actually, that two ones. Wait, was he at two ones and a two? Two ones and a two plus you have to take the Jared Goff contract. Contract, right. And that's, that's the gamble that the Lions are taking that they think they can restore him to where he was at the point where L.A. decided that they would give him that contract. Um, so that, that's, that's the whole ball of wax there. Uh, now, whether he can – you know, the Rams keep giving up draft picks. Sooner or later, that comes back to bite you. 
You know, I, I don't know when, when they have to pay the piper on that, but maybe they think the window is there and they can win with what they've got. You know, Aaron Donald's not getting any, you know, guys like that. And maybe they figure the window is the next couple of years and here's a plus, you know, we have a 43-year-old quarterback starting the Super Bowl. So right. if you got somebody who's 32, maybe you get another six or seven years out of him too. Uh, shake your phone. It could have some water in it from going swimming earlier today. I was about to brag that Andy Poland brought to you tonight by Apple's FaceTime audio, a <laughs> superior quality of telephone transmission. But as you can hear, it's not superior because it glitches and it cuts out. Okay. Here's yeah. my takeaway. First of all, uh, Gary Cohen of the New York Daily News pointed out that the Rams gave up two ones, two twos, and two threes just to scooch up to get golf. Remember right. that? And mm-hmm. now they give up two ones and a third, and they get rid of golf for Stafford. Rams right. signed golf to that four-year, $134 million extension in 2019 because they went to the Super Bowl and they felt, well, we've got to do it. They regretted it from the minute they did it. They now get rid of that. They've got dead cap money. They're going to have to pay Stafford a ton of money as well. You right. add all this up, and as Gary Myers says, it's one of the more reckless and stupid three-year runs of decision-making any team has ever made. And I agree with all of that. But I'm going to put one more cherry on top of this. And you know what that is? Despite all of that, guess who is now favored to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC right. next year? Right, right. The Los and- Angeles Rams. So my takeaway is – as spectacularly shitty a job as Les Snead has done, it doesn't matter if you got a really good coach and you're hitting on some other young talent on the defensive side of the ball. No, no question. And realize they opened this new stadium in a pandemic. They got to sell tickets. Selling tickets in the NFL ain't what it used to be. Right. And and so if you're going to have a mediocre team in that brand new stadium. That's going to cost you a lot of money for people not showing up. And believe me, they're still trying to sell pro football in Los Angeles. Yeah. So I, I think uh, having a team that has a chance to go to the Super Bowl, you pay whatever it takes. Many Wolfskin fans had Stafford dreams. Those are off the table. In theory, Deshaun Watson's gettable, but the price on him is going to be astronomical. Uh, many don't think that Watson will actually be traded. The larger question I have for you is, do you think it's good for the NFL that they're hend- heading towards the NBAization of how players move if Watson gets his way? Well, I, I think that you're going to have fewer instances, let's say, because in the NFL, there's only so much you'll do. And it's only a handful of quarterbacks that this is going to affect. You know, if, if a running back wants to go to another team, fine, yeah. leave. We'll get another <laughs> running back. <laughs> but you're, you're talking about an orbit of what? Half a dozen quarterbacks, three, three or four well, quarterbacks. Not really. many, but in the NBA, there's only a half a dozen players that make a difference, and they're right. now agitating to go where they want, when they want, and take all their money with them that they got from the old team, which is incredibly yeah. destructive, I think, to the league's overall trust as a brand with its customers. Right, and NFL doesn't sell stars in the way that the NBA does. Kind of. Uh, Kind of, but, but, you know, big names retire. L.A., Marino, you name it, in a, in a, in a two- or three-year period, league doesn't even blink. Yeah. You know, Michael Jordan leaves, ooh, that's a big hit, you know? So what do you think the Wooft should do now? 
that Stafford is out of the running? That is a good question because I, I don't think that they have the kind of capital to get Deshaun Watson. And I think what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to slog through another year and see what washes ashore in the quarterback uh, situation next year. I think I think I think you're looking at another year where you you know scrape and maybe things go your way. You finish nine and seven, and uh, then you see where you are at the end of next year. But I I, I don't think you, you, there's nothing they can do right now. Who, who are they going to try and get Aaron Rodgers? You think they have <laughs> no, that? No, no, no. So so who are you, who are you going to get? You're going to get a second tier guy. You're going to get a Jameis Winston, yeah. a Marcus Mariota, maybe trade for a Derek Carr. It's going to be very unsatisfying if they go that route. Or maybe they just re-rack it with Kyle Allen and uh, the kid. Yeah, or maybe maybe uh, you're going to see another year of Alex Smith. Yeah, we could be seeing that as well. Who knows? Yeah. Oh. Um, did you see the Jay Gruden off the top rope yes. body slam yes. of Daniel M. Snyder? Well, you know what happened there. That, that was the last check from Danny Cleared. That's okay, what that was. so this story yeah. was in the Washington Post. I believe the byline was Nikki Javala. Yes. Okay, here's what she here's what she got out of Jay Gruden. Said Gruden, "quote Every year that I was there, we had a pretty good draft class, with a couple of exceptions. Kyle Smith, now gone by the way, was really good about listening to the coaches, because the coaches also did talent evaluations." When it came our time to pick, we'd always talk about the picks, where we'd like to go, and what happens if that player is gone. And we did all of our scenarios. And then Dan Snyder would come in off his yacht and make the pick. Oh, man. Wow. So you're thinking that's because Jay now has finally cashed his last check and is open to clowning Dan Snyder. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think Jay's nature is to to be honest about those kind of things, and until last check cleared, he wasn't able to do that. Now, right. usually there's a, a non disclosure kind of thing in that, and so I don't know whether he's going to get you know. I guess Snyder could theoretically sue him, but I think he's got bigger issues right now. I think I think so that. too. Yeah, it's yeah. it's, and you know what? It carries on a tradition. Guys who leave this franchise are still undefeated when it comes to clowning Dan on the way out the door. Like well, everybody yeah. who leaves eventually dunks on Dan. Except for Joe Gibbs, who still continues <laughs> to, to cash Dan Snyder race checks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know. It's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, check, check. MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, 
Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Barcelona is going to pay Messi $673 million over four seasons. That is an average salary of 167. <laughs> and now the fact that this contract got leaked is the subject of an internal probe because apparently Barcelona was on serious, shaky ground financially due to the pandemic. What do well, you make of that? Somebody in the front office is just crazy. I mean, but maybe, you know, like Pete Rose said, Pete Rose signed at the time the biggest contract ever when he went to the Philadelphia Phillies from the Reds. I think it was 1979, and it was for something like $750,000 a year. And people said, that's crazy. And he said, nobody's overpaid as long as somebody's willing to pay it. So somebody must have looked at this and said, it's worth it to pay Messi that kind of money. Right. I don't know how, but somebody somebody made that call. It's not like, you know, Messi said, I want 100 and, what is it, 160 million a year? No, yeah. they gave it to him. Yeah. How, how about, did you ever think about if the NBA didn't have max salaries, what would LeBron be worth? Well, that, that's see, that's not the biggest issue in the NBA. No, 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 LeBron, no, 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 no. But just for a second, you tell me he's a hundred million dollar asset. If easy. there's no max out, easy, yeah, okay. Now yeah, go and, ahead, and, go and ahead George, with your larger point about the NBA. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not that you if if you heard that LeBron James was making a hundred million dollars a year, you'd say. Well, he's worth it. You hear some of these other guys who have these contracts that are making 24, 25. John Wall is going to make $45 million. Well, John and, Wall. And that's not the most egregious. It's that the league is littered with guys you couldn't pick out of an Osmond family photo that are making yeah. 7, 8, 9, 10, 15 million. Davis Bertans now makes 17 million a year. For the Wizards, yeah. he he came back from like a two week COVID vacation, had one point in a shitty loss on Saturday night. Now this, and by the way, I'm glad you mentioned that. This is two returns for him. The first one he had visa problems, so he got here late. 
The second one, he had COVID issues and was out for two weeks. Does he not even like ride an exercise bike? Exactly. I mean, he, he's he's coming in like he's he's just come off the couch with a bag of potato chips for I mean, seventeen million dollars a year. You should never have one point on a full yeah. run of minutes. You suck, but, but especially you, on you a bad a, team that's behind the whole night and there's a lot of easy buckets to be had. You, you should be able to get yourself in shape. Now, somehow, James Harden looked like the Pillsbury Doughboy on a Tuesday, yeah. got traded from Houston to the Nets, and by Thursday was in great shape. I don't know yeah. how he did it, yeah. but, but they, they should be able to do it. And then you got this from the NBA, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put on my old man loafers and sit in my old man folding chair on the front lawn and shake my <laughs> fist at the kids riding their bicycles down the street. But is it really a good look? for the NBA to allow their players like Draymond Green to cuss openly in front of a logoed team mic, in front of logoed sponsors behind him about something that happened in a game. This was Draymond going off on Pistons guard Rodney Magruder after a dust-up in a game the other night uh, over the weekend. But uh, apparently he was um, taken up for Wayne Ellington. When the fuck Rodney Magruder become the tough guy of the team? Like. I don't know, man. Everybody in the league tough these days. It's crazy. I've seen a lot of tough guys this year. I don't understand it. And and, and don't nobody do anything. So, like, if you really wanted to do something, you could have done it. Walk over there talking shit like he's a team tough guy. Get the hell out of here. Fucking tough guy, Rodney. Rodney. Okay. Andy, am I being too much of a stodgy puss? Or am I on point here? This is not what the league should be permitting. No, no. And, and you know, the, the, because we're in the COVID situation, we have these situations where the interviews are a little bit different and so forth. No, you, you put Draymond Green on Sacramento. It'll be three years before anybody realizes he's still league anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and Barkley says he's like, you know, the fifth member of the boy band back in the 80s. You know, nobody knew his name. He's he's he's. You know, he's lucky he is where he is, but he's – and he wears you out. You know, he, he gets – he got thrown out of a game, uh, was it last week, because he was yelling at a teammate and he picked up his second technical. Well, he got his second technical because he got his first technical. He's always got a technical. Yeah. Just shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and he cost his team a title. That, that team would have yeah. gone, gone he, down as the best team of all time. 73 wins, mm-hmm. and he decided to kick LeBron and the fellas, Nuts. cost yeah. him a game, and, they, and, uh, and, and Cleveland won the series in seven. Come on. All right. Uh, Detroit-style pizza. What in the living hell is that? Did you see where <laughs> apparently now it's being offered by, I think, Domino's or somebody? Detroit-style pizza. Yes, I, I don't I don't think I've ever had it. I've been to Detroit a couple of times for the, for Super Bowls. Um but I pizza am, Hut. as you know Pizza Hut apparently is making Detroit style pizza. And to uh, me it looks like Chicago style pizza where right. like normal pizza goes crust, sauce, cheese, toppings. Detroit pizza goes crust, cheese, sauce, toppings or toppings and, and then sauce no toppings and then sauce sauce is the last thing it it looks but there's disgusting. a reason no 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 I, i'm as you know i'm a big fan of the barstool guy uh, 
Portnoy, who does okay. the pizza reviews. Yeah. I almost never miss one. Okay. okay. <laughs> and and so I've seen and he and he's got some kind of a gambling setup in, in Detroit. So he's there and he went to school in Michigan, so he's familiar with the area. What Detroit style pizza is, they took like these old oil pans from the factories. And you put the reason the cheese goes down first is it kind of drips under the crust and then it gets like this crusty, cheesy thing with really? the crust. So you get this nice crunch, it looks like. Uh, I, I'd be actually anxious to try that. Now, I'm not a big fan of Pizza Hut, but uh, I, I, I would be anxious to try okay. real, authentic Detroit style pizza. Okay. Uh, Steve Cohen, owner of the Mets, has deleted his Twitter <laughs> after yeah. he thought he could be one of the regular guys. And defending right. defending himself amidst this whole GameStop thing, uh, he says to Portnoy on Twitter, "Hey, I'm just like you. I'm just trying to make a living. He's worth fourteen billion dollars." <laughs> Here was yeah. Boomer Esiason on that comment. Text out yesterday that I didn't like a tweet, a tweet that I didn't like. You know, in re- in regards to David Portnoy saying, "Hey, I'm just trying to make a living, just like you." You know, hey. I don't want to hear that from you. You know what I mean? You, you hedge fund billionaire. Just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. You know, and then the other thing is he also put another one. Hey, stock jockeys, keep bringing it. So, you know, he's he's discounting the Reddit, uh, w- uh, Wall Street bet people as stock jockeys and taking shots at them. Like he knows what's going on because he's sitting in this, you know, hedge fund king chair making all these decisions. And I hate that. So here's the thing. If you're a billionaire you don't belong on Twitter because you're not going to be cool. You're not going to be one of the masses. You're going to be hated. The only billionaire I know on Twitter that's remotely cool is Elon Musk, and that's it. How about Cuban? Mark Cuban? Is he a billionaire? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Is he cool, I, I though, or is he a tool? I, cool no, I, well, or I, tool? I, I kind of like Cuban. I okay. really do. And, but uh, but yeah. here's the thing, Cohen. You know you can't say I'm just trying to make a living when you're sitting on fourteen yeah. billion dollars. Right. Fuck. That's off. a schmucky statement. That that is right. a really schmucky statement. <laughs> totally. And 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 hopefully, and, and all this Michigan with the stock market, he's taking a hit. So you know maybe he's not as much of a billionaire. Sure, he'll take a hit, but it's not going to change his life. It's not no, going to change no. anything about him. I mean, uh, he could take a hit in half. And he's still $7 billion, 7,000 million. All his kids, 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 kids can't blow that money. Not with all the Coke hookers and vacation homes in the world. But, you know, they keep they keep score. And I know. they look up and they see Bezos with, what is it, $200 billion right now? Something like that. Yeah. I know. What are your thoughts on hedge funds? I have no idea. I, I'm a. I've been a salaried employee my whole life, so <laughs> right. I, have, I, I. I don't understand. I know that people who have them are really rich, and that's about yeah. it. I know that they're necessary to root out bad companies that are uh, not, you know, living up to their end of the bargain. It's it's betting the don't pass line at a right. craps table. It's a necessary part of the market. However, these hedge funds that make guys super rich. They're not a company that provides any good or service. It took no real skill necessarily to say, I built this hedge fund, you know? Everything else in capitalism, you build a company that does something, you know? It's a network of uh, cleaning ladies that come to your house and clean your house for a reasonable price or a widget that helps solve something or whatever. These hedge funds, they don't make anyone's life any better. You know, you you sound like, you sound like... uh, Bernie Sanders? uh, 
No, no, no. Emilio <laughs> Estevez is, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, in, in Wall, Wall Street? Street? I don't yeah, judge a yeah. man by the size of his wallet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> I just had that soundbite up, and I was going to play it on my show Friday, but it's got an F-bomb in it. So let me oh, see if yeah. I can find it here for just a quick second. Go ahead and give me one little riff here, Andy. Give me 30 seconds yeah. on something. Well, Walt, to me, Wall Street is the ultimate 80s movie. Uh, that the, the Greed is good, the Gordon Gecko thing. And they made Wall Street 2. I don't know if you ever saw this. But I it was, did it was see a, it, and it was bad. It, Not it was nearly bad, as good as but, one. But the, op- the opening scene was fabulous because when he gets out of jail, they give him – his phone, which is the old <laughs> cell phone, which is the size of a toaster. Exactly. That, that made me laugh. So when you watch the original Wall Street and he's walking the beach with, with his, his phone, enormous phone. Making yeah. trades, he was like, oh, yeah. what a badass. Yeah. He's yeah, using you, kid. He's got your prick in his back pocket, but you're too blind to see it. No. What I see is a jealous old machinist who can't stand the fact that his son's become more successful than he has. What you see... He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wallet. That's because you never had the guts to go out into the world and stake your own claim. <laughs> and he just stares him down after that. That is great. I, that stuck with me. I don't judge a man by the size of his wallet. And screams like yeah. that. <laughs> I, I actually, Andy, will judge a man by the size of his wallet in that if you've got one of those giant Costanza wallets that is overstuffed, full of receipts, full of subway cards... I will judge you poorly. I will say that's no way to go through life. Did you ever see Chris Berman interview that Lara Logan did? Where he pulled out his wallet? Yeah, yeah. What a, what was, a schmuck. Yeah, and it was a big hamburger wallet full of shit. Yeah, and, it was and as, then she asked, yeah. she asked him if he tweets, what do you mean, Conway Twitty? You know, shut up. You know, <laughs> get out. All right, Andy. Thank you for the run as always. Have a good Monday Bye, in the Dave. snow, and we'll see you next week. All right, very good. There you go. We will end today on what we're going to end on every day until some sense of normal. Not a new normal, but the real normal. Normal normal or the old normal, as I like to call it, returns. Why every day? Because we're coming up on one fucking year of your life, my life, will never get back. One year of insane, utter nonsense probably unconstitutional shutdowns by the government, but nobody seems to want to challenge them. Utter nonsense, and the world is still not right in any way, shape, or form. Oh, just because you can order your uh, Uber Eats at home and you've still got your job zooming into your company doesn't mean the world is right. The world is not right. And it's going to take all of us on Team Reality to speak when and where we can. So, with that said, here's a roundup. Masks. Let's start with masks. Now, why should masks be the first thing that we ditch? I think it's because it's the origin of the magical thinking, magical thinking, and anti-science that has been at the origins of the world going crazy. Because masking is the little white lie that allows for much bigger, more damaging lies. They should be optional. It should be, hey, it might help you to wear a mask, but that's on you. But it's not stopping transmission. There's no evidence of it. There's no study that backs it. Sorry, we wish masks worked, but we were wrong. 
Of course, wrong is that dreaded W word that experts and governments dare not utter. They were wrong, and they are wrong. So get this. Our guy Fauci is back in the news because just days after he endorsed double masking by saying it's, quote, common sense. Here's Fauci's quote from a couple of days ago. You ready? If you have a physical covering with one layer and you put another layer on, it just makes common sense, said Fauci, that it likely would be more effective. And that's the reason why you see people either double masking or doing a version of an N95. A version. There's no version of the N95. It's either an N95 or it's not. By the way, N95 masks are expensive. And the CDC recommends that they be reserved for healthcare workers still. But health experts say double masking is easy and something of a no-brainer. Because Fauci said it's, quote, common sense. Likely more effective. It's a version of N95. Well, here's Fauci Sunday covering another side of it. He's like got chips on every number on the roulette wheel now. There are many people who feel, you know, if you really want to have an extra little uh, bit of protection, maybe I should put two masks on. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's no data that indicates that that is going to make a difference. And that's the reason why. The CDC has not changed the recommendation. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. It's like the great Portnoy rant from back in May. This was from May about Fauci. All right. Rant time. Uh, You see these quotes from my guy Fauci? He just said, CNBC, look it up. I just saw the article. He says if we stay locked in too long, it can cause, like, irreparable damage. He doesn't want anyone to think that we want this thing to go on. Like, he thinks that we should start opening the country. What the f*** are we talking about? This is my whole point. Fauci, I just did a rant that went viral literally, like, last week. Because you're like, if we open up the country, everyone's going to f***ing die. I'm paraphrasing, but that's, like, what he said. Now, I put a little heat on him and people are like we gotta open we're gonna die if we stay inside now he's just the the wind blows and he's like okay no 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 it, it, we can't stay in forever it, it causes irreparable damage if we stay what is it Fauci pick up <laughs> inside or at least say you don't know what the fuck you're talking about yeah. that's the problem that's my whole point no he, he can't say wear that mask. don't wear a mask stay inside don't stay inside all right well who knows if nobody knows anything then what the fuck are we doing holy sh- Fauci and shout out to my dad who's like team Fauci he's like well Fauci says this now what dad because 24 hours later he flipped again all he did was tank the fucking stock market what the fuck is going am I taking crazy I feel like uh Mugato am I taking crazy pills here is nobody I invented the piano necktie is nobody paying attention there's this flip-flopping he doesn't know what the fuck's going on and I again he seems like a nice guy I'm beginning to think he's senile. You just said in front of Senate, if we open up too fast, people are going to die. Now you said, if we don't open up fast enough, people are going to die. Pick a fucking side, Fauci. (laughs) It's so good. And it's so right. And yet here we are. Here's another doctor who explains about mask wearing. In a white lab coat, I don't know which doctor, I don't know which doctor, maybe he was a witch doctor. I, I, don't, I didn't see who he was, but 
he made some very compelling points. And he had a white lab coat, so I'm going to tend to believe him. But here he was explaining why he wears a mask, and he's doing it at a press conference setting with the mask around his chin. His chin, which is, by the way, like most college basketball coaches, at least 60% of the time or more. We know what works. These don't work against viruses. Regular masks don't work. That's simply what it is. It's been shown many times. It's not. It's nothing to do with COVID. COVID doesn't even factor into the equation because for years we've been looking at these issues. So they have these spacesuits. They're called PAPRs. They're incredibly effective. Uh, they filter viruses down to, I think, the point, 0.01 or something like that. Basically, we have materials like N99, N100, but N, N95... Uh, blocks, let's say, um, 5%, only 5% of airborne particles can get through. But all viruses can get through, period. All viruses can get through. Now, do they get through? No, it's just like a chain-link fence. If you if you throw sand in a chain-link fence, not all the sand gets through. So yeah. I think the best example I can say is, like, the per- the reason we wear masks and the reason I wear a mask, because the fear is so massive in this country, I wear a mask so people don't think I don't care about them, Okay. But I don't wear a mask because they work. Yeah. And there you go. And that's why we have to get unmasked. A-S-A-P. It's the little lie that allows for bigger lies about shit that doesn't work or is counterproductive. Even Dr. Doom, Michael Olsterholm from Minnesota, who's now on Biden's advisory staff, a guy who recommended an insane, hard six-week shutdown back in December thinks that double masking is not only just ineffective, but actually counterproductive. Said Ulsterholm over the weekend, N95s have a very tight face fit, and the material that's used basically for the filters is electrostatically charged. The pore size lets air travel through easily, but the virus is trapped as it comes through by an electrostatic charge in the respirator. Doubling up on masks, he said, would likely lead to more harm than good because, quote, if you put more of it on, then all it does is it impedes the air coming through and it makes it blow in and out along the sides. The fit becomes even less effective, he says. Double masking could be a detriment to your actual protection. We'll see if Biden starts to lose confidence in Fauci. We'll see. Who is my mask hero? It has to be North Dakota rep Wayne Trottier. Trottier? Trottier? Photograph in the, no- in the North, De- Did I say Notre Dame? North Dakota newspaper of him wearing a crown royal mask on his face. A bag. A ba- <laughs> the velvet bag that contains the delicious blended Canadian scotch whiskey. He had put a couple of loops on it and whoop, put it on his face. Nice. My mantra is simple. Your fears are not my problem. Boom. That's it. It's not February of 2020. It's February of 2021. It's time for people to stand up and say, it's over. We got vaccines pouring out now on multiple fronts. A bunch of the country has already had COVID. Ooh, that includes me and recovered. Thank God, grace of God. 99.9% chance, but I made it. And as poor a health as I am, we've got the ability to fight it with multiple 
uh, pharmaceutical interventions. And what we knew back in March, we knew very little about the virus. And we didn't have many tools to fight it. And very little of the population had been exposed. That was back in March. And back in March, all they said was, oh, you don't need a mask. Come on. And just give us two weeks to flatten the curve. That was March. I'm going to stick to what you told us in March. When you didn't know nearly as much as you do now, and everything we've learned since has made the threat far less serious. So I'm going to go with what you originally told us. No masks and give us two weeks. It's almost been a fucking year. Now they're saying three masks. Soon to be mandatory vaccines. And you still, after the vaccine, can't send your kids to school. And you can't fly internationally. And you, gotta, you can't remove your mask either. And you can't go to sporting events. No thanks. Fuck you all. It's time to take our goddamn civil liberties back. And with that, we're done. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And downloading, spread the word. Spread the common sense. Stay sane out there. Don't say stay safe. Oh, stay safe. Stay sane, more importantly. That's the only thing that's going to pull us through. Have a great Monday. It's Super Bowl week. Chiefs and Buccaneers should be a hell of a game. Televised in glorious high definition comes Sunday night, and we're looking forward to it. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday, and we will see you next time. Don't forget to look back. No hats up. Give it to me, give it to me now Send me the pics and the videos Ooh, she's on material Here we go, here we go I got a bad one I shake that if you got a fat one Pull it up and spill it out Let a boss pour it in your mouth, girl Ooh, she, she not with me She the type of chick in the club every week Ooh, work that Told her drop it to the ground and bring it back All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know it's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not Hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball. Check, check, check. MMA, soccer. Check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie.